Good morning, Calvary. How are you today? Everybody's good. Today's going to be a different service. Uh, it's going to be an interactive service, so I'm encouraging you already to not get too comfortable in your seat. Uh, we're going to teach and we're going to do what we hear. Amen? We're going to be doers of the word. How many of you want to be a doer of the word? Raise your hand. I want to be a doer of the word. We're going to practice it today. We're in this series on worship. Very excited about next week's uh, service with Robert Stearns and also the night of worship. So set that aside. I've been in services like that where the Holy Spirit just not only blesses me and encourages me, but he answers questions. I've been directed by God into some major things in my life in the middle of those places where the Holy Spirit's just kind of hovering and ministering into people. Uh, it's kind of like when the Holy Spirit covered the waters, just kind of waiting for God to speak, and then boom, the Holy Spirit creates what God says. That's that kind of atmosphere that we're going to see next week. So I'm very excited about next Sunday night. Uh, please go buy a bunch of brownies and cookies. We want all of our young people to be able to go to youth camp. Youth camp changes our students' lives. They get away with God. It is a fun time, and that's important. They need to make friends. They need to build relationships in church so they're not just isolated in this big place. How many of you want your young person to meet godly friends? Anybody? And to make long-lasting godly relationships. These are those moments where they can go and make memories with people. They get like an hour and a half on a Wednesday night. This is so much more because they'll come back with stories and memories. The price went up, and that's not our price. It's a district price went up. So it's, it's, it's gone up pretty good size in the last year, about $60 or so per student. It's gone up. It's about $240 a student to attend. That's why these bake sales are so important to make sure every student can go. We don't want any student or any family not to be able to attend because of finances. We can help them. Amen? We can help them and we will help them. All right, let's get into the scripture today. Grab your Bibles, grab your notebooks if you would. Today's title is Expressive Worship. Expressive Worship. I'll restate something I said last week. We do not worship worship. We worship God. Amen? Some people get so caught up with style, they get so caught up with their favorite, you know, songs and all that stuff. It's not about the songs and the style as long as the song is pointing us to Christ. If the song is scriptural, I'm in it. Amen. But it's not about worshiping a style or worshiping a time period. It's not about worshiping worship. We worship God. And when you fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, when you see him, how many of you know your hands go up? When you see him, your knee goes down. When you see him, your tears begin to form. Amen. Your shout comes from your soul and your spirit. When you see Jesus, we must keep in focus what worship is. It is not entertainment. Worship is not about our preference. It's about his. And today we're talking about expressive worship. Expressive worship. And that's important because sometimes we think even that is someone's preference. That that's not my thing. Pastor Kevin, I'm not an expressive person. When you see Jesus, you will rejoice. When you see Jesus, you will shout. When you see Jesus, you will dance. You will bow. You will be expressive. When you get to heaven one day and you see the Ancient of Days, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, you are not going to stand there like a statue. You're not going to stand there and say, well, it's not my culture to shout. Are you understanding? Because here's the thing about worship. I want us to understand this. That's why I'm going to take you to the scriptures. We want to worship God the way God wants to be worshipped. Not the way we want to worship. I'm going to say it again because it was really good. We want to worship God the way he wants to be worshipped. Not the way we feel is the way to worship or our style of worship. We join, let me say it this way, we join heaven's worship. Amen. We're in whose house? God's house. Not yours. We join his culture. His culture supersedes our culture. Whatever that may be. You say, well, my culture is very reserved. My culture is very conservative. My culture is we join his. And there are things about his styles and his preferences of worship that he's not wanting it for his sake. 
but he knows what it does in our lives when we join in those forms and fashions of worship. When you don't feel like shouting, that's the best time. When you don't feel like dancing, that's the best time. Are you understanding? Sometimes our culture, this American culture, I would say, gets so comfortable, I feel like we, have, we think we have more, um, more preference than we really do because we're so comfortable. But you know, when you look historically through the world and you look around the earth, some of the most expressive people that you've seen in worship are people that have gone through very difficult times. Cultures that have been very oppressed. Cultures that are going through tremendous deficiency or trouble or persecution. And they worship and they dance and they sing. And here we are in such comfort and we decide whether or not we feel like dancing and singing. Sometimes our comfort gives us too much thought that we get to choose or we, get to, we have an opinion about this. Are you understanding this? So even if you look at your circumstances, you say, I'm in a bunch of difficult times. I don't feel like doing that. I'm just reminding us that through the scriptures we're going to see that God has certain things that he wants and desires and decrees in our worship. And I want to be a part of his church, not mine. And his church will be expressive. Amen. Are there times to be a little bit more quiet? Absolutely. We'll talk about that. But I believe and I want to be a part of a church that when you come into this place, it sounds like the sound of victory. It sounds like a people that believe God is in their midst. It sounds like a people who've come ready to praise and bring an offering of worship to God. And they're not waiting for God to pull it out of them. They've brought an offering of themselves of their words, of their love to be expressed. How many of you want to be a church and a part of a church like that, where there's an expressive form of worship, where we're not a bunch of statues standing around, but we know how to rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Amen. So the, here's the deal, then let's be that. We say we want to be a part of that, then we make a choice today to be that, because it's nothing to do with how we feel, it's a choice, it's an understanding of how to come into the presence of God. Amen. Sometimes we just by faith express ourselves. We express our, our shout, our dance, our celebration. And you might be in the middle of a trial, in the middle of trouble, but you see the outcome based on his promises. You see the outcome based on his faithfulness. And so sometimes what's so beautiful about rejoicing, that's why I was referring to those cultures that have been so oppressed and so troubled over the years, because they see something beyond what they're going through, and they're worshiping his faithfulness, and they're worshiping the eternity he's promised, and they're worshiping his goodness. They're not letting what's currently going on in their lives inhibit them. Some, that's worshiping by faith, my friends. Amen. And we have to engage our faith. We are a people of faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Mark 11, 23 and 24, just write it down. It's that famous passage of scripture that says, believing we have received. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Jesus is trying to teach us how to pray and he's telling us, believing that we have received. Even before you receive something, the promise you celebrate as, you if, as if you have received the promise. Even before you see the breakthrough, you sing and you dance as if the breakthrough has already come. Are you understanding? And so you can shout and you can be excited and you can celebrate in the middle of your fiery furnace, in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, because eyes of faith believe they have received. We don't wait to receive. So even in our lives right now where you might be feeling that financial pinch because of inflation or whatever it is, right now is the time for the church to worship. Right now is the time for the church to celebrate. Right now is the time to be able to walk into the house of God and it sound different than CNN and Fox News and Time, whatever, Time Magazine or whatever, Wall Street Journal and all those other things. New York Times, that's what I was trying to think of, New York Times which I don't know anyone that reads New York Times and starts shouting and dancing afterwards. You know what I'm saying? It's pretty negative. But let's get into these scriptures a little bit more. Expressive worship. I heard someone say this a few months ago and it stuck with me. If your worship doesn't move you, why would it move God? If your worship doesn't even move you, right? If our worship experience at church is like this, 
Greater is thy faithfulness. Greater than I love you, Lord, more than yesterday. I love you, Lord, more than words can say. I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate for food. I'm desperate for you. Come on. If your worship doesn't move you, why would it move God? And then let's just continue this thing. We're a family, right? And family has generations. What are we teaching our teenagers about worship? Why is it that we're like, oh, the teenagers are up there excited? They should watch us being excited. Why? Because you've had more time with Jesus. You've seen more miracles. You have more testimonies. See, they're just believing something they've read, but you've seen God be faithful. We should dance with all of our might. We should sing with all of our worship and all of our love. Are you understanding this? I don't want people to think the worship movement is going to come from the youth. Why? Well, they have the energy. You have the testimony. Come on. It's not about energy. You're like, my body doesn't do that anymore. Well, do what it can do. Come on. Got those little rolly things and just roll it around. Do what you can do. If all you can do is bob your head, then you should. Do what you can do. If your worship doesn't move you, why would it move God? Open up your Bible to Revelation chapter 4 and 5. I want us to just take a picture of something here in Revelation 4 and 5. Because, again, so many times we get caught in this level. We get caught in what we can see with our eyes here. I want to take us into the heavenly realm just for a minute. Can I take you into the throne of God just for a minute? Is that okay? Can I take you into the throne of God? Because this is where we're going to be for a long time. You think the worship services here are long? How about eternity? Come on now. How about eternity? Nobody's looking at their watch. So let's look into the heavenly realm. Revelation chapter 4, because again, we don't worship worship. When we start to see Jesus, when we start to see his throne room, when we start to see his, his um, might and his majesty and his holiness and what he's accomplished, worship is a response to what we can see. All right? So Revelation chapter 4. Then I looked and I saw a door. This is John, uh, the beloved, one of the disciples of Jesus, one of the apostles. Then I looked and I saw a door standing open in heaven and the same voice that I heard her before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. And the voice said, come up here. I will show you mu what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the spirit and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones, like jasper and carnelian. And the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. 24 thrones surrounded him and 24 elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumble of thunder. In front of the throne were seven torches burning with flames. With this, this is the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass like sparkling crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes, front and back. And if you go down a little bit further... It says, covered all over with eyes, inside and out. Day and night after night after day, they kept on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who still will come. So these creatures are flying around the throne of God. They have eyes all over them. And all day and all night, they're crying out in worship, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, who is to come. Now, the Bible tells us that everything that's been created was created and placed in an environment that it needed to be created in. Fish were put where? In the sea, right? And we were created to live on land, correct? Now, we don't believe that we crawled out of the sea and came into the land. We were created to be on land, to breathe, right? That's what we believe. 
So if everything is created for its environment, and here we see these angelic beings with all these eyes. Think about that for just a second. They have eyes all over them. Why is that? They're in the throne of God. And it's almost as if God created these angelic beings because everywhere they look, everywhere they see, they see something new about God, something great about God, something that blows them away once again. They never get bored looking. They're literally in an environment where they can look all over, look throughout eternity, and every time they look, they see another reason to praise. They see another reason to give God glory. They see another reason to worship. They never run out of reasons to worship because he's infinitely amazing. Amen. He's almighty. You will not get bored every time you behold him again. You will cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He's not, just, he's not forcing them to do this. This is their natural response as they see him, the one, sitting on the throne. This is not robotic. This is a response to having a vision of the God that we serve. Amen. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 hours fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and they say, you are worthy, O Lord, O God, our God, to receive glory, to receive honor, to receive power. That's worship. Every time they throw their crowns down, and they're like, you are worthy. But again, worship is a response to God. It's not worshiping worship. It's every time they see the Lord. Perhaps the reason our worship isn't getting to the level it could is because we've stopped seeing the Lord. We stop, we get our eyes off the Lord and we get in on our problem. We get our eyes off the Lord and we put it on our own preference. Let's put our eyes back on the one on the throne. Let's put our eyes back on the one seated at the right hand of God. Let's put our eyes back on the one that took on death, hell, and the grave for you, for me. Amen. You are worthy, O Lord. You go down to chapter 5, verse 6. John says, Then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered. This is speaking of Jesus. But was now standing between the, the throne and the four living beings among the 24 elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes. This is prophetically speaking of Jesus, which represent the sevenfold spirits of God. That is sent out into every part of the earth. He stepped forward. He took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp. I want to show you that God loves instruments. Can I hear an amen? amen? They held gold bowls which are filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song. They sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to break its seal and open it. For you were slaughtered. Your blood has ransomed God's people. For every tribe, language, people, and nation, you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests before our God, and they will reign on the earth. So they're, they're praising the Lamb because of his sacrifice and because what his blood has accomplished. How many of us today can join the heavenlies and praise the Lamb for what his blood has accomplished? He has made you a kingdom of priests. He has made you washed in his blood and cleansed by his blood. He has made you sons and daughters of God out of every tribe, out of every tongue, out of every people group. That's one thing I love about this church is it represents so many people groups around the world. Thank God we can all worship the same lamb and we're one big family of God. But he's the one that did that. He's the one that did that. Then I looked again and I heard voices. Listen to this. I heard voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and the living beings and the elders, and they sang a mighty chorus. How many of you know they're not up there half bored out of their mind just mumbling some worship song? They are singing a mighty chorus, millions of angels. And they've been with God a long time, and they're not bored. You can sit there and say, Pastor Kevin, I've been in church for 40 years. They've been in church for 40 million ages and epochs and whatever, and they're still praising God as if it's the first time. A mighty chorus. I, I hope and pray that when God hears our worship, O Calvary, he hears a mighty chorus of people that are grateful. It comes from a church that's grateful. 
and has eyes of faith. Worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered. There it is again, the sacrifice. We're aware of that sacrifice. To receive power and riches and wisdom and strength, honor and blessing. And then, and then, I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth, under the earth, and in the sea. And they sang, blessing and honor, glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and the lamb forever. I will not be outsung by a fish. I will not be outsung by a hedgehog. Come on. We were the ones made in the image of God. We were the ones redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. God put on flesh for human beings. And if every creature on the earth, under the earth, and in the sea can worship him, we're the ones that were saved from hell. And we were the ones who had our names written in the Lamb's book of life. We were the ones that were under the devil's foot. And Jesus picked us up and he seated us with him in heavenly places. So the devil has no more authority over your life. Sin has no longer dominion over your life. And you have been given eternal life. Amen. If anything or any creature is going to worship God, it should be human beings made in his image. Amen. So let's get some Bible in us real quick. You're like, I thought we just were. We're getting more. I want to talk to you about raising your hands in church. I want to give you some scripture. And I want it to be something that you don't say, stand there and say, well, I just don't do that. I will obey the scripture. Can I get an Amen. There are times you respond in faith. Say, well, Pastor Kevin, that's not my style. It is biblical style. I'm going to talk to you about raising your hands in church. I want to talk to you about bowing and kneeling in church. I want to talk to you about shouting in church. And I want to talk to you about dancing in church. Those are my four points. Number one, raising your hands. First Timothy Chapter 2, verse 8. There's so many scriptures. You can do a search on this later this week if you would. I'm just giving you a few. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. Paul writing to Timothy says this. In every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God. Free from anger and free from controversy. In every house of worship. Look, we let, we let it go. We forgive. No bitterness. No drama. We have come into the house of God to have hands lifted up to heaven. There's something powerful for Paul to say this practice needs to be in the body. This, when we come together, this must be seen. Hands lifted up to heaven. Psalms 134 verse 2. Lift your hands. doesn't say if you feel like it. Come on. Lift your hands towards the sanctuary and praise the Lord. Lift your hands. You say, well, Pastor Kevin, I can just praise the Lord like this. But the Bible says lift your hands and praise the Lord. Lift your hands and praise the Lord. In Exodus chapter 17, verse 11, there was a battle that was taking place against Israel. And the Bible gives us a picture of Moses. And I love this image. In Exodus chapter 17, you can read it later, verse 11. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever his hands dropped, the Amalekites gained the advantage. I want us to be a people that know how to put our hands up in the middle of a battle. To know how to worship God in the middle of a battle. Why don't you go ahead and stand up just for a minute, would you please? We're going to practice this for a minute. I want you to put your hands up, and I want you to begin to praise God right now. Praise the Lord right now with your own words, with your own way. Worship him in the sanctuary. Every man, every woman with your hands lifted up in the sanctuary, you might be in the middle of a battle, but you're winning the battle right now. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we win our battles. We worship him as if it's already won. We worship him for what he's already done, for who he is. Use your words. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you our love. We see you on that throne, high and lifted up. We exalt you in this place. We worship you in this place. Now sometimes when we're singing songs, and there's songs of victory, hey, it's like the field goal in football. It's good, right? And there's this kind of worship with our hands up. And you know what's also appropriate at their times 
where the presence of the Lord is really sweet. And sometimes your hands are like this, saying he's mighty, he's great. But there's also appropriate to do this, where it's almost like you're receiving. Let's practice receiving just for a minute. Just receiving, just for a minute. Lord, we just receive. We love your presence. We love your presence, oh God. We thank you. Speak to us, Lord. We're open. See, when your arms are out like this, isn't there like a sense of openness in this? Isn't there a sense of like vulnerability in this? We're open, Jesus. Teach us. Teach us how to do this, Lord, the way you love, the way you like. You know, and then there's times when you're going through troubles and there's times where you have questions and you put your hands up like this one more time and you're like that little kid saying, pick me up, daddy. Pick me up, daddy. I feel scared right now. I'm worried right now. I have questions. Pick me up, daddy. Can you just put your hands up like that little kid, almost like you're saying, Abba, Father, hold me in your arms. Abba, Father, hold me in your arms right now. The great thing about being a child of God is you never age out. You never age out of being a child of God. You're still his child. Thank you, Jesus. You can go ahead and have a seat for just a minute. Was that good? Go ahead and celebrate that, would you? That was good. Good job. I want to be a church that uses our hands. Amen. And we're not waiting for someone to cause us to put our hands up when it's time to worship Jesus. And I want our kids to see us lead in that worship. Let's talk about bowing down and kneeling. Bowing down and kneeling before God, I think needs to come back to the body of Christ. There's a, there are times where that presence of God is so sweet and he's speaking or he's moving in a room and the appropriate response is just to kneel in his presence. I think back to Revelation 4 and 5 and seeing him on that throne as the king. And you know what, I even love doing this, like I get, to, I get the privilege of being your lead pastor here and I just am so humbled and grateful for that. But you know, the greatest position is his. You might be a business leader, there, you may have 500 employees, you may have 5,000 employees, but in his presence, all of us bow and take a knee. It doesn't matter what you think your position is, the head of a church or the head of a company or the head of a nation, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Are you understanding this? I suggest we learn how to bow here before we're in a place of, you know, there's people who are gonna bow the first time they bow, it'll be when they see him and it's not a pretty moment because they refuse to bow throughout their life. They're still gonna bow because every knee will bow. But let us be a people that have been bowing our whole lives. We've been bowing and humbling ourselves and that's that posture, right? The posture of humbling yourself before God. The posture of saying he's the king. You know, when you go into the presence of a king, you take a posture where you give them the glory and the respect for their position, right? And he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. And may I never be too high for myself and too high to bow my knees to my savior and to my king. And I love that. And I love that. I pray, I pray God blesses every one of you with influence and God blesses every one of you with business and success. But may you never think you're too big to bow. May you never think you're too important to bow. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 6. The Bible says that Ezra, he was a priest back in the Old Testament. Praise the Lord, the great God. And all the people chanted amen, amen. They lifted up their hands and they bowed down worship their Lord with their faces to the ground. We're not groveling before God. We're not trying to beg God to pay attention to us. All of his attention is fixed on you already. We're not trying to humiliate ourselves. We're humbling ourselves. Do you understand the difference? Sometimes you see people bowing down and it's unhealthy the way they do it because it's as if they're trying to make themselves say they're unworthy 
but he already knew we were unworthy, but he's made you his son. He's made you his daughter. Don't make yourself like this lowly thing because you're not. But I still bow my knee in honor. I still bow my knee in gratefulness. Are you understanding what I'm saying on this? This is not about making yourself some despicable, icky thing before God. Like, I'm so terrible, I'm so terrible, I bowed. Like, I'm not allowed to look at you. You're allowed to stand in his presence. You're allowed to go boldly into the throne of grace. And so you're not changing who you are. You're bowing because you see a vision of what he's done and you're overwhelmed by his goodness. You're overwhelmed by his majesty and that you get to be in his presence. See, those, those elders, foreign, those 24 elders, they're like heroes of faith, but they're bowing down, not because of feeling like dogs under the table, but because of what they see in his goodness, in his glory, in his faithfulness, it causes them to bow. And so when we bow, let's bow with a proper posture. 1 Kings 8.54, when Solomon finished making these prayers and petitions to the Lord, he stood up in front of the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling with his hands raised towards heaven. There it is again. Here's King Solomon, rich, wealthy, successful King Solomon. And he had led the entire nation in bowing his knees with his hands raised up to God. Isn't that a beautiful picture? What if people came into church every once in a while and saw some of us like this? Not sitting there with contorted faces as if we're, we're not worthy, but with faces filled with joy, faces filled with gratitude, faces filled with love for the one that we see. Amen. Ezra 9.5, at the time of the sacrifice, I stood up from where I had sat in the morning with my clothes torn. I fell to my knees, and I, here it is again, I lifted my hands to the Lord my God. Psalms 95 verse 6, come. Psalm 95 verse 6, listen to this. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Come, let's do this. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let's kneel before the Lord, our maker. And the verse I mentioned earlier about every knee, Romans 14, 11, For the scripture says, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me. Every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Would you do this for me? Not for me. Sheesh, I don't want to say that. Do this with me. Why don't you stand for a minute? And if you can, find a posture Maybe it's easier for you just to go down from the chair. Find a posture of kneeling just for a minute if you can. If you can physically kneel, then let's position ourselves to kneel before God. If you want to find a spot somewhere, you're welcome to find a spot somewhere. But let's just spend a few minutes practicing what we're preaching and let's kneel before God if you can. If you can't physically do it, then just sit in your seat. But if you can physically kneel, let's kneel before God. You can put your hands in the air. Pastor Sway, why don't you lead us just in a simple chorus and let's just worship the Lord in this beauty of holiness right now. Pastor Sway, go ahead, you can lead us. Sing it all together.
voice lifted up. become a part of our worship. How many of you would love for our church to be expressive like that? Anybody? People can come. I feel like when the world comes into church, they need to see a people that are fully persuaded. They need to see a people that can see something that they can't see, right? And are responding to a real God. We've got two more. Can you handle two more? I want to talk to you today about the shout. Thank you. I want to talk to you about the shout. There's a place for a noisy church. There's a place for shouting. Amen. Shout is a sound of victory. And you are victors. We are not victims, my friends. Many people have gone through tough times and People have done real bad stuff. We don't deny that. But in the middle of whatever it is, in Christ, you are still more than a conqueror. Amen. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer a slave to the devil. Amen. You're a victorious child of God. And the shout is a sound of victory. The shout is a sound of celebration. And more than any other group of people on the earth, and I believe this, we have something and someone to celebrate. Right? You know, you get people, you get people who say things like, well, I'm just not an expressive person. And then you see them at a football game. And they have their faces painted, their shirts are off, and they're screaming. And we're like, what? We can be expressive. We are expressive, and God gave us a voice for a reason. Let me give you a few scriptures. First Thessalonians, I love this. This is a moment of victory where the Lord shouts. I love this. First Thessalonians verse, or chapter four, verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout. He doesn't come down cal- casually, come down from heaven, and he's like, I'm here. He's like, victory, come up here, you know what I mean? And all of us go whoop out of our bodies and meet the Lord in the air, you know what I mean? Or <laughs> like, with a loud shout, with a commanding shout, when the Lord comes in that moment of victory from heaven, he comes with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with a trumpet call of God. First the one believers who have died will rise from their graves and we who are alive will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Psalms 98 verse 4, shout to the Lord all the earth, 
break out in praise and sing for joy. It's not saying if you feel like it. It's not saying if it's your thing. It's saying shout. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. That includes every tribe. That includes every tongue. That includes every culture. Amen. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Break out in praise. Sing for joy. Why? Because we have someone and something to sing about. Psalms 47 verse 1, come everyone. How many of you in the room is an everyone? Come everyone, clap your hands. Go ahead, clap your hands. Clap your hands. Shout to God with joyful praise. Go ahead, stand up, stand up, stand up. Do it again. Clap your hands. Shout to God with a voice of praise. Go ahead. Let's sing and shout. Pastor Osway is gonna lead us in a song. Pastor Osway is gonna lead us in a worship song and it leads in a shout. So when we get to the shout, you shout. Say, but I don't feel like it, then shout. Shout the feelings away and shout yourself into joy and celebration. Shout yourself into victory, amen? Pastor Osway, lead us. Cause the enemy has been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. We're gonna lift our voice in victory. We're gonna make your praises loud. Cause the enemy's been defeated. And death couldn't hold you down. We're gonna lift our voice in victory. We're gonna make your... Come on, lift it up, save. Cause the enemy's been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. We're gonna lift our voice in victory We're gonna make your praises loud Cause the enemy has been defeated Death couldn't hold you down We're gonna lift our voice in victory We're gonna make your praises Come on, this is where we all sing Hey, shout it to God with a voice of triumph Shout it to God with a voice of praise Shout it to God with a voice of together sit down one more time you say what do I shout when it's time to shout you can shout lots of things how about Jesus 
or hallelujah or victory. Amen. Or freedom. Whatever, man. All right. Last one I want to talk about today is the dance. Now, I've seen some of your weddings. And then you get to church as if you don't know what I'm talking about. Like, I don't do that. I've seen you. All I have to do at a wedding is say, to the right, to the right, to the right. And it's like an anointing hits the room and everyone in synchronization just starts. A Charlie Brown, you know, that's all I got to do. That's all I got to say a few key words and it, you know exactly what to do. Dance. Psalms 30, verse 11, the Bible says this, You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You know, this is the Bible here. This isn't just a spirit-filled, charismatic church. This is the Word of God. Have you ever been through a season of mourning and grieving and it, God just turns it? You've turned my mourning into dancing, my sorrow into joyful praise. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and you have clothed me with joy. And notice, this is a work of God, something that God did in our lives. You know, some of the most beautiful things I've seen is when I've seen individuals who've lost loved ones, spouses, and I'll look over in a worship service and I'll see them dancing before God. And you're like, Jesus, you're so good. God, you're so good. Or someone who lost their job recently. See, that's why I said it's not about just when you get the answer to your problem, but it's right in the middle of the fire. That you know how to dance. And you get your eyes on that throne room. And you get your eyes on the author and finisher of your faith. And you get your eyes on the king of kings. The one who will never leave you, who will never forsake you. And he turns your mourning into dancing. Your sorrow into joy. Psalms 149, verse 2. O Israel, rejoice in your maker. O people of Jerusalem, exalt in your king. Praise his name with dancing. Accompanying by tambourines and harps. Now I'm going to say this as a disclaimer. I ask that you don't bring a bunch of tambourines into the, the congregation. And there's a practical reason for that. Your timing and our timing are way different. And by the time you hear the note and you hit your tambourine, it's gone. Okay? But the principle is the same. The principle is the same. Amen? The celebration, the dancing, all these things. Psalms 150 verse 4. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Amen. And you can go through the scripture and see dance and dance and dance and dance as commands. I say this in my notes. And you can look up all these scriptures in the Calvary Orlando app, by the way. My notes are all in there for you. I say this. Do not despise someone's dance. That's a temptation. We can get smug sometimes. And we can look at people and judge. But you know what? You don't know their battle. You don't know what their dance means to them. And neither do I. And I confess before you there's been times that I have looked over and been like, what is that about? But here's the truth. We don't know the story or the journey behind the dance. Amen. But here's the thing, here in the house of God, we're not here for people to watch us while we dance. So please do not try to draw attention to yourself. We're here to point attention to the Lord. Amen. But may we be a house that knows how to dance. We know how to dance in the fires. I say it repeatedly because we're walking through fires. We know how to dance and to come out of mourning with joy. And we know how to celebrate God the way he likes to be celebrated. I love it when you go into places and our children, you see some of the kids in a church service and they're like twirling. Why is it that when we get older we lose our twirl? 
You know what I'm saying? It's like these kids are just free. But for some reason, the older we get, we're thinking everybody's watching us. They shouldn't be watching you anyway. But the one who's watching you is your heavenly father. And when you see your little daughter twirling, or you see your son excited and dancing because he sees your goodness and he sees your faithfulness, his father's heart gets so proud, so excited. It's the most beautiful thing in the world to see his kids feel so safe. Hear what I say, hear what I'm saying. His kids to feel so safe, not judged, and to feel so free that they can express themselves with a dance. Amen? Do not despise someone's dance you don't know their battle. Exodus chapter 15, 20 through 21, the Bible says that Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine, led the women as they played their tambourines and they danced. And Miriam sang this song, sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. See, they had just come out of a victory. They had just come out of Egypt. They had just gone through their Red Sea. And you want to know what the appropriate response was? They danced before the Lord because they had had a victory. Amen. We come into the house of God and God gives us victories all the time. That business deal went through. You're not in the hospital this week. God brings your child back to the kingdom. God does so many things. We have victories. We come in and we dance before the Lord because of what he has done. We are a grateful people. Are you understanding this? It's like we go through miracle after miracle in our life and we never come and celebrate it the way we should. I'll say it like this. You understand, the more you celebrate what God has done, I believe there's a snowball of more that God can do. Maybe if we became a church and learned how to celebrate each victory, you'd see more victories. Amen? Jeremiah 31.4 I will rebuild you, says God, to my virgin Israel. You will again be happy, dance merrily with your tambourines. See, that's a dance of restoration. The first one was a dance of victory. This is a dance of restoration. God has restored something. God has restored your life. God has restored your health. God has restored you the joy of your salvation. God has restored some family members back to you. God has restored, and the response is dancing and singing. The last one I'll share with you today is this, 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 14 through 16. David, you knew I was going to get here. David danced before the Lord. David danced before the Lord. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. It wasn't just a little like... with all his might, listen to this, wearing priestly garments. So David and all the people brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy, we're bringing all this together, shouts of joy, blowing the ram's horn. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, this was one of David's wives, looked down from her window, down on him from her window, when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. She judged him. And the Bible says that David's response to her was he put her away and she never produced anything in her life. She never produced anything out from her, never became fruitful. But he even said, I will, he goes, I will worship and dance and be even more, even more expressive. So she was trying to get him to be less expressive. Like how can you be so expressive, leaping and dancing in front of all those people? You should be embarrassed. And he said, I'll be even more embarrassed. I don't care when it comes to God, I don't care, because she, she was like, but you're a king, and you're important, and you're successful. I'm challenging you in the room today. If God has blessed you with great success, you should come down here. You, all your needs are met. He's providing for you in business and in influence. May you not become less excited, less expressive, you should be, some of you that God has blessed financially, you, we don't know the journey. Your family may have been so poor and look what the Lord has done in your life. He's changed your entire legacy and family line. But why is it we get successful and we, we become so reserved? This is David, king of Israel, leading the dance, leading the praise leading in the celebration. May we never get too big to bow 
and when we never get too big to dance and to express gratefulness because it's all out of a heart of celebration and gratefulness. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. Go ahead and stand up. We're going to bring this together. I'm going to invite you to the front if you could make it down here. And we're going to dance before the Lord. We're going to dance. You can dance if you have a certain, yeah, give some elbow room. If you want to just use the aisles, you can use the aisles. This is practice. This is practice. And here's the thing. What we do today, what we do today is not just for today. Can I get an amen on that? Can today be a shift? Can today be an adopting of a new way of approaching the house of God, of a new way that we choose to worship? Because God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's going to be the same God next week. He's going to be the same God next year. So if he deserves a dance today, he deserves a dance tomorrow. He deserves a dance next week. He deserves a shout. He deserves a praise. And let me just, one more time, one more time. You may say, Pastor Kevin, I'm uncomfortable. God will make you uncomfortable. God will challenge you to do something that's not typical, but it's for your benefit. It's for your family's benefit. It's for your kids and grandkids. It's for the benefit of this house. It's for the benefit of Orlando when people come into the church and into the house of God. So let us celebrate. If you're in the middle of a fiery furnace, then dance. If you're in the middle of a victory, then dance. Let's celebrate before God. Let's dance. Listen, listen. When I think about Jesus, what he's done for me, when I think about Jesus, how he set me free, I could dance, 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 dance all night. When I think about Jesus, what is that for me? When I think about Jesus, how he set me free, I could dance, 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 dance all night. Hey, hey. Come on. When I think about Jesus, what is that for me? When I think about Jesus, how he set me free, I could leave, 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 leave all night. Jesus, what is done for me? When I think about Jesus, how he set me free, I can spin, 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 all night. When I think about Jesus, what is done for me? When I think about Jesus, how he set me free, I can shout, 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 all night. Jesus, what is done for me? When I think about Jesus, how he set me free, I can shout, 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 shout.
This is about what God is building. This is about something, a, a habitation, a place, a body that sees him and responds. An expressive church. But in that too, one of the things that heaven rejoices over, that we rejoice over, is to see people give their hearts to Jesus. And then you have a reason to dance, and you have a reason to shout. That's why we dance and shout, because we're no longer going to hell, we're no longer in separation from God, we've been delivered and we've been forgiven and we have eternal life and we have his Holy Spirit. Let me do this, would you all bow, well, the Bible says a couple things and let me challenge you, the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which means we all need a savior. The wages of those sins are death, separation from God, even hell, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. The Bible goes on to say that all, say all, all, who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So today, if you are not right with the Lord, if you're not right with Jesus, we're going to pray together. Would you all bow your heads and close your eyes for the next minute? Say, Pastor Kevin, that's me. I, I don't remember a time in my life that I ever gave my heart to Jesus Christ. In just a minute, I'm going to count to three, and all you have to do is raise your hand where you are pray a prayer for you. See, I also, someone else might say, I used to have a relationship with the Lord, but I've grown cold. I walked away, and I would like to recommit myself to Jesus today. When I count to three, just raise your hand as well, and we'll pray for you too. And then you really have something to celebrate. So today, if you're not right with Jesus for one reason or another, and you would like to be, when I count to three, just raise your hand. Ready? One, two, three. If that's you, would you put a hand up? One hand, two hands, three, four. Right away, that was awesome. Anyone else? Five, back there, I see you. Anyone else today? Six, there's one. Seven, eight, back there. Nine, ten, right there. Anyone else? Eleven, twelve, awesome, I see you. Eleven, twelve. Do you see what freedom can come when we are free? Do you see how you paint the picture of rejoicing when you come into the house of God and you celebrate like the king is in the house? Church, let's pray with them. If you raise your hand and if I saw it, that's great. Even if I didn't see it, the Lord saw it. So we're gonna pray a prayer together. You might be watching on the internet. You can pray with us as well. Let's all pray this prayer together as much as you can with all your heart. Just mean it and he'll hear it and he will save you. Would you pray this prayer with me? Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize that I've sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. Be my God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you celebrate those 10 or whoever else might be out there? Welcome home. 
thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.